It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked in to Locked On Badgers on a Thursday, and it's Big Ten basketball preview time. It's time to look at the conference as a whole. I'm excited. You can hear it in my voice. This is my thing. This is my jam. We're back. College basketball season, one shining moment. It's all on the line. And Wisconsin basketball off to a 1-0 start. We're talking about, though, the conference as a whole. We're talking about predictions. We're talking about player of the year, rising stars, newcomers, all of that on today's episode of Locked on Badgers. I'm Asher Lowe, joined by Ben Kenny. This is the show that brings you all things Wisconsin basketball, football, and beyond. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Locked on Badgers. Make sure you give us a review on Apple. Hit that subscribe button as well so you know when we drop episodes. Hit that follow button on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify right now so you know whenever the episodes are coming out. And follow us on Twitter at Locked on Badgers for updates on all things having to do with the show. Ben, letting you kind of take the lead here as more of the host role. I usually throw the questions at you rapid fire for football. We're reversing field. There you go. A little football reference right there. We're reversing field back to you as the moderator. Let's talk Big Ten basketball. I can't wait. My first question is a very pressing one. Um, I'm looking through your Big Ten power rankings up on BadgersWire.com. Preseason, that is. So it before last night and before Nebraska lost, I think you now know where I'm going with this. Why are they ranked 11th if they can't win by games? So I haven't watched the Western Illinois game. (laughs) Not to say I will in total watch it back. But Ben, this is far and away. And I can't believe we're starting this whole thing just talking about Nebraska basketball. But here we are. This is far and away the most talented team Fred Hoiberg has had in Lincoln. Now, that's not saying a lot because, well, his teams haven't been very talented. And it's been a lot of... Not even talented. That's probably the wrong word. It's more that his teams have just kind of been a mismatch of random pieces from here or from there or from this Juco or from that D2 or from it's all transfers. It's a different roster every year, like a completely different roster every single year. And it just hasn't really worked yet. It's early in his tenure. Yes. But the wild transfer thing just hasn't worked in the big 10 form. This team, however, you have a five star in Bryce McGowan's Ben the highest ranked player Nebraska has ever had in Bryce. And of course, his brother, Trey McGowan's. You have Alonzo Verge Jr., who I am a huge fan of, was a huge fan of at Arizona State, had some really good scoring games as a Sun Devil. Obviously, I'm a fan, comes over from the Pac-12. How can I not be? Hashtag West Coast Asher. Shout out Ben Stevens. But a senior from Chicago, a guy with a ton of D1 experience and a really important addition. They lose Delano Banton, who's playing the NBA right now and actually playing pretty well. I don't know if you remember Delano Banton, but he's like a rotational player in the NBA right now, which is kind of nuts. Uh, given how bad Nebraska basketball was this last year that they have a guy in the NBA, but that's kind of the story with Nebraska. The talent on paper is way higher than it's ever been before. And also Ben, like Minnesota is awful. They're below them. Like they are terrible, terrible Uh, Penn state, new coach, Minnesota, new coach too, but Penn state, new coach lost a lot as well. And uh, who else did I behind them? Northwestern lost Miller cop, got back some pieces from a team that wasn't good a year ago. And I don't think really has much of a ceiling. Does Sam Sessom still play for Penn State? He does. Ugh. Yeah, I've told you this story. I played against him in high school. Your high school nemesis, Sam Sessom. Yeah, yeah. He went to our rival school. I didn't really play. Um, that's aside from the point. So I, you have Wisconsin at 10, and I understand 
obviously watching their team and following them throughout the offseason. But other teams that were good last year, like in Iowa, who lost a lot. Um, Indiana, actually, you have rising a lot. But Michigan State struggled last year. They're good again. Where, like, who are the biggest movers, right? Because Wisconsin was good last year. But I, what did they finish in the Big Ten? Sixth? Fifth? Uh, yeah, right in the middle of the pack. So they're going to finish a little lower than that. But Michigan State was surprisingly poor. You have Iowa, who's at the top. Who are the like? Who are the teams that were in a position last year and have now completely reversed that, good or bad? You know, I would have said Nebraska if you asked me two days ago. God. Obviously, it's a tough start, but I would have thrown them in there. Indiana, I think, is making a jump, and I think we'll make a jump this year. They struggled in the second half yesterday against an Eastern Michigan team that they had beaten, and I think they just took their foot off the gas. Haven't watched that game back yet, but they were up twenty in the first half. They took their foot off the gas entirely, allowed them to come back in the second half. They won the game. And so I'm not going to really sound the alarm bells there. Like also these early season results against decent teams, like not terrible mid-major teams because Eastern, Eastern Michigan is not a bad team. Western Illinois, uh, I don't know if you remember, beat Wisconsin, uh, I want to say now five years ago at the Kohl Center in, their, in Wisconsin season opener back in the day, post-final, yeah. post-final four run. So they're, they're not a bad basketball program by any means. And listen, I was going to bring up Michigan last year really struggled in a game against Oakland. I don't remember that earlier in the year. They almost lost a game to Oakland very early in the season. And obviously we know how that turned out for the Michigan Wolverines. I think they went to overtime actually against Oakland, if I remember correctly. Anyway, uh, so I wouldn't read in too much to the one game non-conference games. Do you think Hunter Dickinson learned how to use his right hand? Nope. I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but find out today, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so I'm excited to watch Michigan in action against Buffalo. That's a very good Buffalo team and a team that could literally beat Michigan today. Uh, so I don't know. This will already be out, and Michigan will have already played by the time I release this. So I don't know. Call your shot. Be. Call your shot. No, I don't think, I don't think they're going to win, though. I, w- I would have thought they were going to win, but no. Uh, like Nebraska San against San Ohio Diego, State uh, last weekend? Uh, UC San Diego plus 700, anybody. Did I, did I hit that the other day? Yes, I did on opening night. Thank you very much. Handshake meme. All right, cool. Uh, they beat Cal plus 700. Nice. Uh, anyway. Nebraska beat Ohio State in football, right? Oh, yeah. No, they did, right? No, that, that happened? All right. Anyway, other other risers. I think Indiana's a riser for me for sure. Trace Jackson Davis, Ben, comes back. Best player in the Big Ten, bar none to me, returning. You get Miller Cop over from Northwestern, who uh, is a very good shooter and a guy that can stretch the floor, and that's something that they could not do last year. If you watched them last year, the shooters off of Jackson Davis, who requires a ton of attention inside, well, they weren't really shooters. Uh, they couldn't hit. They're going to need one more guard, whether it's Xavier Johnson, the pit transfer, whether it's Rob Finnessy off the bench, whether it's Christian Lander, who knows? But Indiana needs one more guard to step up and be really good. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how they look. Uh, beyond Indiana, who I think is going to be a, a clear riser, I think Iowa's a, obviously a huge faller. Um, and I don't think it's surprising. You lose Luca Garza, right? Like you lose the best player maybe in the country, probably in the Big Ten as well. And I always say probably because, like, Trace Jackson Davis is amazing. But Garza was the best player in probably in the country last year. And you lose him. That's a massive, massive loss. You lose C.J. Frederick, who is a huge part of their team. And, of course, you lose Joe Wieskamp to the San Antonio Spurs. So a huge trio of losses there. Frederick now at Kentucky, Ben. When, if they get him back, uh, that, that's going to be massive for them. But – Iowa just loses way too much. Keegan Murray will have to be massive, and he was in game one for them, uh, but he'll have to be 
uh, the NBA player I know he can be this year. Jordan Bahannon in his 25th year of college will have to be. I was going to ask, well. do you know how old he is? Uh, older than Brad, for sure. I don't know. Well, I was going to I was going to ask the comparison. He's 24. He, I just looked it up. 24. Brad's 22, yeah. by the way, people. I know. Brad's 22. Like, slow your horse. Set, settle down. Slow, slow the horses there. He's only 22. Anyway, those would be my biggest in terms of Indiana rising and uh, uh, Iowa falling. Obviously, Purdue's rising, but they were good last year, too. So what does Andre Corbello's uh, Big Ten Player of the Year speech go like? Oh, you know, you know, last year, if you listened to me last year on Twitter or on this podcast, Ben, talking about Illinois, you know how much I love that guy. Uh, He's my favorite player in the conference. I don't think I've made that a secret at all. If you look at my Twitter feed last year, and we'll probably look that way again this year. But man, he's going to have to be huge. He's going to have to be huge for them. Io is the biggest loss in the conference outside of Garza. Like Io is the best player departing a team. They lose also Adam Miller, who's a really good shooter. They lose him to LSU after a really good year. He had a year ago uh, for Illinois. Kofi Coburn is back, serving a suspension, Ben, for taking some money for apparel he sold. But he is back. He'll be out for like three games. Very stupid. But he'll be back in no time for the big games of the year. But yeah, Curbelo is the man. Curbelo is the creator. Curbelo is the initiator. He is so good with his feet. He is so intelligent. He is a wow factor type of guy. He's going to be on SportsCenter Top 10 a couple times this year with some ridiculous pass. He is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Their defense, though, I think is what my questions would be about in terms of the loss with Io. Because Io, yes, is a huge offensive loss, Ben. But Curbelo can do a lot of what Io did creating-wise. I don't know if anybody can do what Io did defensively last year for them this year. And that, that is a big, big factor to me. He guarded their best guard or the other team's best player a lot of the time last year. If that player was a wing, that's a huge, huge loss. And he's already playing good defense in Chicago, by the way, for the Bulls. So I'll call my shot. Today is Wednesday, November 10th. I think this might come out on Thursday. So Wisconsin's big games this season, they play Purdue twice. They play Michigan only once. They get Ohio State once, if I'm not mistaken. Twice, excuse me. They get Illinois once, but it's on the road. I think Wisconsin has a chance as the season goes towards the end, after we see this team develop, especially the young guards, to take a shot at a Michigan or a Purdue at home in late February, early March. I guess my question is, like, where do you see a potential big win coming? Because I don't think they're going to beat Purdue because Zach Eady will just be able to take up the entire floor. And by the way, I might boycott watching Purdue basketball just because he angers me so much because of like how, how unguardable he was last season. But that Michigan game, I mean, uh, are we going to beat the drum that Michigan's overrated again? I haven't watched them play a game yet. I can't, I can't say that. And I love Caleb Houston. They're over under two five-star. weeks until Michigan Twitter comes after you because you say they're overrated. I can't for Buffalo to beat them. Uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope this uh, this episode doesn't come out with a 25-point Buffalo loss, but it very well might. Anyway, Ben, before I answer that question, because I think it's a good one about Wisconsin and where that big win's going to come from or what teams I think they have the best chance of beating at the top. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. More than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where you can go after watching a Wisconsin basketball game, a place where you can stop on a long road trip to rest your legs. McDonald's is the spot to refuel, reconnect with friends. I'm loving it at McDonald's. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. 
Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Wisconsin basketball, in terms of the top of the Big Ten, Ben, Purdue, not the answer. I don't think Wisconsin beats Purdue this year. No. That the Boilermakers are way too deep. They're too too big. big. Yeah. There you go. And I think that Edie is like a whole different ballgame than Dickinson, unless Dickinson comes back with a right hand. We'll see. But – I think he's going to be scouted. I, th- I think if Hunter Dickinson didn't work on that, and obviously he did work on it. I know he worked on it a ton. I'm sure he did. It's not hard to see. Every trainer in the world that works with him is obviously working on that right hand and, and that right shoulder. But, Ben, if he comes back with the same kind of game he came with a year ago, I think he can be scouted a ton. Like, he's a very tendency-type guy. I'm sure there are certain guys where he's going to beat them because he's just bigger and stronger and more athletic and skilled than they are. But if he goes up against his match physically, you can scout the ish out of him. Like, he's very predictable. Uh, and I think he's going to be one of my most interesting players to watch early season because while you can't get a lot from results early in the season, I think you can get a lot from process. And mm-hmm. his process, where he's getting his shots, where he wants the basketball, where he's shooting the ball, that's going to be extremely interesting to watch early in the season. But as far as the top teams in the Big Ten, I think Wisconsin, Ben, can literally beat anybody besides Purdue at some point this year at home. Michigan is probably a tough task as well, but hey, Michigan State at home. I'll point to that one. I think Wisconsin can absolutely beat this Michigan State team at home. Well, they aren't that good. It's not a big team. It's not a team that has one dude that I think can just completely take over the basketball game. I don't think Max Christie will get there quite yet this year. They're their bigs are very compatible to Wisconsin's bigs in terms of defense. Like I really like the idea of a Steven Crowell guarding Gabe Brown. I don't really get too scared about that. Like I do with a Dickinson or a needy uh, Joey Hauser. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, I'm not worried about that in terms of Wisconsin's defense. They can absolutely handle a Joey Hauser. That's not the kind of guy it's like, it's big role threats that give Wisconsin issues. And that have given Wisconsin issues over the years, Ben it's athletic role threats to the rim that are great around the rim like Coburn, like Trace Jackson Davis, and even, yes, like Hunter Dickinson. But about, I, I mean, about where I, where I question how this Wisconsin team is going to be able to beat good teams is last year, from one to five, they had somewhat of an offensive threat, right? Nate Reeves and Micah Potter undoubtedly had an offensive game. This year, we don't know as much about what's going to come from the bigs offensively. So when Wisconsin goes up and they face a great defensive team in the backcourt, right? When they can lock down a Johnny Davis, a Chucky Hepburn and make like difficult there that like I Wisconsin scoring droughts hurt them last year. We, I, and the whole defensive lineup BS, but I mean, now this year with a young team, one that I, I guess kind of needs their guards to be able cre- to create, that's where I see them having a lot of trouble. So I, I mean, I, to be completely honest, I don't know if, how good each Big Ten team is right now in defending guards. That's something I usually watch as the season goes along. But I, that's my biggest concern for Wisconsin, aside from defending your class cream of the crop Big Ten people. So I told you just a few minutes ago that we could take away things about process and like what an individual player is doing early in the season. 
Well, whereas we can't really read too much into results or team success. Ben, I think one of the things I noticed in Wisconsin's exhibition, not exhibition, sorry, opening win, regular season opening win over St. Francis. Want to know, hang the banner, hang the banner, by the way. It was one of the few, uh, one of the few negatives I noticed from Wisconsin's guards. And this had to do with Hepburn, most had to do with Bowman and also Jacoby Neath. None of those three really impressed me in terms of when the St. Francis defenders were in their airspace and they had to have a tight handle in a tight situation. Like when that defender is up on you trying to basically do what Chucky does to them, like do that to Wisconsin's guards. They didn't look comfortable. It was a lot of like the, the 1960s, like turning their back to the, to the defender, right. To try to protect that ball. Uh, They didn't really look confident and comfortable. It took them out of a lot of what they wanted to do. Bowman had like two really questionable turnovers because of that, because they were getting up into his handle. So those three, their handle is probably the biggest question for me on either side of the ball for them. Uh, Hepburn and, and Bowman's shot look really, really good already. I think that'll stay pretty solid. It's the handle for me of those two guys. Uh, you trust Brad Davison who's been there, but he's not a great ball handler by any mm. means. Like he's not a guy that I think is going to get rattled by pressure uh, or somebody in your grill necessarily. Uh, this team does not have great ball handlers in terms of not, not great, not, not, they're not great point guards or like good guards. It's more like the literal specifics of their handles like aren't awesome. And so that's something I'm worried about in terms of those pesky defenders, like a Chucky Hebron on another team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how that gets, how that gets better and what changes as time goes on. Cause I say uh, you could draw the parallel to Wisconsin football. If you watch them for the first four games of the season, they were a big letdown along the offensive line. That's now changed. So a lot of stuff has gotten better. So that's one of those things where it's like the team right now, then they go into the stretch of Big Ten play. What, that could be a thing that is significantly different. How I ugh, I don't know how to ask this without it coming off as a take because it, it, it's a genuine question. Are we going to reach a point this season where we want Brad Davison to come off the bench? No, no, uh, definitely not. And that's that's not because of Brad. That's because of what's behind him. I don't think there's a clear like guy that I'd slide in behind him. Now, I think that you'll see. Johnny playing a lot more minutes than Brad consistently, like four or five more minutes than him on a nightly basis. I think you'll see Hepburn and Davison pretty much splitting minutes early. That'd be my guess, but we'll see. We'll watch for that. But Johnny's going to play a ton more than anybody else. I think, I think he'll be the only guy that I'm confident, like will play 30 minutes every single night, no matter what 30 plus basically every single night out, everybody else. It's interesting. We'll see. Now I don't think we're going to get to that level because I don't think, there's a guy behind him that we're going to be like, oh, my God, he has to start. Also, I talked about this a lot last year. Wisconsin fans last year were way too focused on the starting lineup for a lot of the year. Mm. And you should be focusing on the finishing lineup. On the lineup that closes halves, Asher, like the one that was so good at defense. Exactly. Like No, but like that was, that was the more important thing. It doesn't matter as much who starts the game. And, Ben, I'm going to segue this into I think the most interesting thing in the Big Ten right now in terms of like early season storylines with a contender – in the conference, it doesn't really matter who starts the game. It matters who finishes the game and how many minutes you play. But Purdue, Ben, who I think is the best team in the Big Ten, I picked them to win the Big Ten before the year started. I'm still picking them now to win the Big Ten. So Travion Williams was a first-team All-Big Ten player last year. He was phenomenal. Do you remember him in the tournament, Big Ten tournament, going crazy? Yeah. Do you know how many minutes he played yesterday against Bellarmine? Against who? 
Oh, don't, don't, don't knock like you don't know Bellarmine. Who? Pressing on offense, Bellarmine. No, never heard of it. Ring a bell. I'm not even. I, I'm not even going to give you a guess because I've never heard of that school, and I you don't know, think I, I ever you know, will. I went on a three-minute uh, rant about Bellarmine's basketball philosophy on Locked On Big Ten today. God, uh, who are they coached by? Bob Huggins? Uh, no, but they don't dribble the ball. They only pass the ball. Like that is Why? their whole philosophy, and I'm, I'm obviously being dramatic, but their whole basketball philosophy is that they only pass. They want to lead the lead the NCAA in ball reversals. What's the point? The point is that they don't have great guys off the dribble and they never have. And they're a D2 team that now has transitioned to D1. And because they were in D2 with lesser athletes, their whole idea. Dude, how many times have you watched this team play? A lot, a lot. But their coach was on a podcast that I really That's not okay. It was really, their coach was on a great podcast. Bellarmine? Where's Bellarmine? It's in Kentucky. But anyway, I think, right? Yeah. Let's see. Bellarmine. What do you think? I'm going to answer that question. Uh, Let's see where it is. It's in Kentucky. Yeah, I was right. Cool. Making sure I was right there. I don't want to sound dumb, but what's anyway, their mascot? Uh, the Knights, but I have that in front of me. I wouldn't. Damn it, I was going to call you a fraud. I don't think I would have known that, but that's in front okay. of me. I'm lying about that one. Anyway, uh, Trayvon Williams played 15 minutes. First team all Big Ten played 15 minutes. Yeah. Mac Eady played 21. Trayvon Williams didn't start, Ben. He didn't start yesterday. And that's the plan. The plan is to bring him off the bench. So that is, that is a wild difference. And the reason is pretty simple. Him and Edie don't really coexist defensively. That's a pretty hard lineup to play with when you're playing against teams that aren't huge. Like if you're not playing against a Potter Reavers lineup, that's pretty hard to play defense with. Right. So well, it's interesting. He's a first team all Big Ten guy. He's coming off the bench all of a sudden. He's not going to play it a ton if Edie plays it as well. It's going to be a weird thing to watch. That also depends on if the team they're playing is good at offense, right? I don't think Purdue will have offensive team. No, uh, it sounds yeah. like it. They are not. They're a phenomenal offensive team. That's a joke. Playing they were against picked two. Ninth. They were picked ninth last year in the A Sun coming up. They finished second because of the ball reversals. Playing against two, their local varsity high school. No, against a noted racist school, Liberty University. Ah, ugh. fade. Well, I'll fade. I'll fade Liberty all day long. And or before I beat the teams are going to win the conference, let me give a quick message from betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, the place that once we tell you who's going to win the Big Ten, you can go and get action on it. Betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with that code Locked On. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I, so don't tell me if you're looking to bet this on bet online, but uh, first of all, I, I do have a public service announcement. I'm sorry. Quickly. Uh, I'm really confused whether we see big 10 champions in basketball as the regular season or the tournament champions. Regular season. I don't, I regular. don't know which one to care about regular season. Okay. So the tournament doesn't matter. I mean, it kind of matters, but usually that to me, usually the tournament is more of a matters. If you're on the bubble, like I, so, I don't, I don't fully care. 
if you're a contender and like it's fun to win it, but like Illinois won it last year. Do you remember that at all? No. Exactly. Wisconsin beat Penn State. I remember that not only because I covered Wisconsin, because like that game ensured Wisconsin's spot in the NCAA. Oh, then Wisconsin lost to Iowa in another Borowski game. I remember that. We were there. Uh, we got food from Barry Alvarez. Right, right, right. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I was always confused by that because I don't know which one to care about more. Anyway, I'm picking Illinois to win the Big Ten. I, I, I know Iowa's gone, but there's something about Kofi when he comes back mixed with Andre Curbelo. There's just uh, something about me being a college basketball fan and follower knows that when you have the guard and the big in that form of duo, right? Illinois had it last year and then Curbelo came off the bench. They ended up not winning the NCAA tournament. Who did they lose? They lost early. They got upset. They lost to Loyola Chicago. Right. Who is a damn good basketball damn, team and is damn good team. Who's honestly one of my favorite in the country just because never it, have been an eight seed. That's a different story. Doesn't make much sense. Um, but I don't know. I just I just love what Curbelo brings. I love the combination of the two. And after what we saw last year, they had all the hype around them, right? And then Michigan ends up being really good. Ohio State's always like kind of good, but they're also kind of a fraud. They also kind of go and they play the good teams Fair. and then get waxed. Fair. Like I I following Ohio State basketball my entire time as a sports fan. It's like they have a lot of good teams. Then they go in and play other great teams and they don't usually win those games. It's kind of like Michigan football. So I, it's really going to be to me, Illinois or Purdue, Michigan. I'm just going to call them frauds already with no basis because it's a fun storyline to follow. Um, but I don't know. Kofi's just like a different breed. And Andre Corbello is just that next in line, crazy dynamic point guard. So I'm picking Illinois. I don't know who my big 10 player of the year is. I might say a Corbello just because I want to root for him. I, I love that Corbello tape because I want to root for him too. And I will be rooting for him. Uh, I'm, I'm his biggest fan over here at locked on Badgers. Tell uh, me that Ohio state take isn't like very scientifically accurate. It, that's honestly on the money. That sort of is what they always are uh, for better or for worse. It was like, I saw them at number at least since like the craft day, but even in the craft days, like, even in the craft area, yeah, they, they yeah. lost. Yeah. Dude, I saw them at number three in the power rankings. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll last until they play Illinois. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, they, they should have lost to Akron yesterday. I don't know if you – Right. Game. Oh, I was watching that game. Close. They literally wanted the buzzer. Borowski was calling that game. That's why I watched. He was calling that game. And You know what? Actually, I'm amending my statement. My Big Ten player of the year is referee Bo Borowski because he will make more headlines than any player. Oh, the flop warnings are going to be raining down. They're going to be raining I can't down. wait till the first time he comes to Madison. Oh, it's going to be. I'm turning on Jim Polzine tweet notifications so I know who's the ref first. You know, shout out Jim Polzine. I saw a very sad tweet from Jim, Ben. He said Uh-oh. because he's not going to be at all the games this year, he's not going to do the ref tweet every game. Are you kidding? Isn't that, isn't that tough? Who's going to do it? I, it's got to be Jim. I'm not taking that. that that's Jim's. That, that's Jim's. That's his thing. Think. That's his idea. That's oh. his thing. His Borowski tweets with like a hundred quote tweets and like. Two oh my god, they were great on Twitter. Oh my god, those quote tweets when he tweets out the tonight's officials are Borowski, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so good. There's Produce nothing more beautiful than yeah. when you, as a writer or public persona, in that sense, tweet something that is completely factually accurate that isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, but you know that it is going to create absolute mayhem with everyone who follows you. Bo Borowski is that prime example. Absolutely. So I think Purdue wins the Big Ten. I already talked about why. I'm not going to get into it right now. 
I'll go Big Ten Player of the Year, Ben. I really think it's TJD's year. I think with Mike Woodson uh, as his leader, with a better team around him this year, I think he steps forward as the clear best player in this conference. And they'll have to win enough for him to be rewarded with it. It usually almost always goes to a player that is winning, but he has to win uh, not not a crazy amount, but like in in like the top six or seven of the conference, win at that level to get it. And I think he does. And I think Indiana does. I think TJD is the best player in the conference this year. And I think he deserves Big Ten Player of the Year when it's all said and done. He's also not on a team, Ben, where like his stats will be affected because he's on a, a great, great team. He's not like Jaden Ivey. I don't know if his numbers will jump off the page all year at hmm. because he's on such a stacked team. I don't know if, I mean, Dickinson's numbers will be really good. No doubt about it. But I, I'm giving it to TJD. All right. I'm kind of with that as well. I also like it just as a pure fan when the guy who wins player of the year is not just the best player on the best team. You know what I mean? I agree. When it's that guy that's just stupid on a pretty poor team and that, that like they're the reason the team's good. Yeah. And they got to be like decent for him to get it. Like I said, but I think they will be good enough. As always, on Wisconsin. We got more basketball content, Ben, coming to people's mm. way soon. We're going to have a guest on to talk Wisconsin's first big test of the season. It comes on Monday against Providence, who won their opener against Fairfield. That is a decent team. They have a Maji or Jami Durham, who is a uh, Indiana transfer. They got some Big Ten flavor there. They have Nate Watson, who is awesome on the interior. We're going to have Matt St. Jean on, to, who is a uh, – Providence class of 20 guy, Wisconsin class of 20 over here uh, to talk Providence and Wisconsin. That'll probably be either for Friday or Monday, but we'll have that up before the game for you to give you some Wisconsin basketball primers. And of course, Northwestern predictions coming on Friday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.